the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Getting on my leader around to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Welcome to the Buff Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. We're here to guide you through all the week's headlines of Bolton Wanderers. Stick around, you might just learn something. This is the final episode of Season 3. But don't worry, Season 4 starts next week. We don't believe in pre-season here at the Buff and it's not like I've got to worry about my hamstrings, is it? I'm not even sure I've got hamstrings. Coming up on this week's show, it's Eyes on the Prize. Listen to some exclusive interviews from the End of Season Awards. Moving house, Ricardo Santos sends Twitter into a frenzy. Jack of Clubs, is Iredale on his way to Bolton? And we dish out our ratings for the season for the whole Wanderers squad. But first, let's say how do to Dabois for Lyon. The season we had last year helped me build into this year and again, stepping up the level, uh, came in with lots of confidence. I mean, last year there weren't any fans in the stadium and to see the fans at Longridge in the first pre-season game and singing my name and things like that, like things like that just make, make you feel special and it, it gives you that extra 10% to go out there and perform. And now let's say how do to Ricardo Santos. Yeah, um, hopefully I can stay here. Um, me, and the, me and the gaffer and uh, my agent will be speaking. So, yeah, talks are positive. Ah, it's always nice to hear from the players at the top of the show. Wish they could have stayed for longer. But now it's the time where I introduce my co-host. Um, before I do, actually, before I do, I want to read out an email that I got last week. Now, regular listeners will know that Henry, for some unknown reason, receives quite a lot of fan mail. Um, I, I don't know why this happens. He insists he isn't sending it in. And I think I believed him until this week. So let me read this to you before Henry comes on and and pleads his innocence. Dear Mark and Henry, a quick email to thank you for your hard work on the podcast this season. Me and my wife listen to it religiously every Friday morning. And you have no idea what chaos you caused the other week when it didn't appear on time. I have read the Bolton Evening News for many years and can remember Mark's predecessor, predecessor rather, Gordon Sharrock, covering the Wanderers, even though we all had suspicions that he followed a certain team down the road. I know you, brackets Mark, are not a born and bred Bolton fan, but it's clear you care about the club and what's happening. We always enjoy reading your reports. There's my bit of praise. Right, But can I give a special mention to Henry, though? To have a young man, or at least a younger man than you, Mark... Give such balanced and articulate views on a subject as emotive as football is a rare thing when you consider all the outlandish views you see on social media. My wife, who does not follow Bolton's fortunes as closely as I do, loves hearing Henry's voice and thinks his new wife is a very lucky lady indeed. Thanks to you both, you've helped convey the positivity which we feel as supporters and never fail to raise a few laughs in every episode. Here's to another season, George in Toronto. Henry, j'accuse. Has your, has your mum sent that? <laughs> I'm starting to be suspicious. Well, yeah, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, thanks very much for that. What a, what a lovely way to start the podcast. We could have been, uh, you know, there's a lot of positivity going around the club at the moment about the end of a season and the awards and everything. But no, I think that was the perfect way to start the podcast this week. Thanks so much. 
Right, I'm gonna to have to set up a separate email account just for your fan mail. I think it's starting to <laughs> starting to get in the way of the correspondence. Oh, yeah, uh, it's like uh, I feel like the Beatles. I feel like, but uh, <laughs> um, well, I've got to say as well, you know, if he's from Toronto, if you just follow Toronto FC, then you can hear my voice more on the MLS UK show podcast. But that's the one time this season I'll promote that. <laughs> but a bit of cross promotion that definitely won't make the edit. Happy days. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, look, it's the end of the season now. We can we can all relax. It's it's finished. Um, but what a way to finish it! I mean, you know, the the way that the way that they've gone uh, four straight was it four three four straight wins eight certainly eight four, uh, yeah. four straight wins eight undefeated. Um, really good run in. It it has kind of hyped up that good feeling going into the end of the season, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. And um, I, I just felt on Saturday it it accumulated in. In all of that, and I think, uh, yeah, it was. Um, it's just been a nice end to the season, and I think even though you look at, you know, we finished ninth, and I know some people were hoping we'd get promoted, especially after what happened in January. Um, you know, the, those down the road have got promoted as well and won the league, so maybe there could be some ill feelings to that. I, I've not seen any of it. I think everyone's been very positive, and uh, it's it's great going into next season. Yeah. And what you were there on Saturday, weren't you? What was your what was your favourite yeah. bit of that lap of appreciation? Oh uh, well, it's got to be the the thunderclap. I mean, I was on the other side, so I only saw the back of it. But um, yeah, it's you know, because it's nice because I feel that I don't know. I, I feel that uh, Bod Varson maybe has been a, a little embarrassed, not embarrassed by it, but it's sort of all the attention on him. He doesn't seem like mm. someone who mm. who necessarily craves it. So I think he's been a little bit sheepish and embarrassed by it. So for him to finally embrace it uh, after, well, his last kick of the season was the goal that he scored, really, um, was great. And it, again, it's all this good good feeling around the club. It was nice seeing the players do a lap of appreciation with all their kids and wives and etc. And yeah, it was just, it was a lovely day, a lovely day. Yeah, I, I, you know, it was nice to see some of the players that we've not seen for a while, the likes of Josh Sheehan and and Lloyd Isgrove and the players that have been injured and, and kind of fallen slightly out of the, the consciousness, but also a lot of the younger lads as well. I mean, we'll get onto the retain list, but some of the lads who have obviously played a small part and and, and not had as many games as you would, uh, you would want to, but it was it was nice. It was nice. It's, a, it's quite a while, and I think we said this the other week, that it's quite a while since Bolton have done a, a lap of appreciation and it's felt right. You know, there, there have been times where they've they've done it after saving themselves on the last day, which is, you know, should you really celebrate just escaping relegation considering everything we know about that now? Um, and obviously you celebrate if you've gone up, get, get promotion, but actually just having a nice season where everybody's enjoyed it is the first time for quite some time. Yeah, and I think, uh, I mean, on the whole, I've got to say, I've enjoyed this season. You know, November and December was a bit of a disappointment and going to Accrington away personally and Burton away and getting beat and Stockport were, and then Wigan at home. They were all, you know, bad times, really. But in comparison to actual bad times we've had, uh, I don't think they really uh, compare. So I think overall this season, I've really enjoyed it, especially since January. And um, and I think yeah, it was just a it was just a way of the fans saying thank you to the players and the players uh, and uh, you know showing their appreciation as well. And I just think 
that as well with the pictures I saw of the end of year awards, which we'll talk mm. about in a moment. It just seems that there is a proper good vibe at the club at the moment. Yeah, ninth place as well. Just grabbed it at the the bitter end. Not a bad finish, all in all. It's, it's I, I think I think if we re- were to rewind to our preseason predictions, I think I said eighth. I think. But it's there or thereabouts. I would have taken ninth quite happily at the start of the season. What about you? Yeah, I think I said about 10th, so I'm happy with ninth. And I mean, when you look at the promotion race and the playoff race and the relegation battle, I think the battle for ninth, going down to the last kick of a game, mm. um, was a, that was the big moment and Sky missed out on it. So, <laughs> Phil will be them. But uh, yeah, it's um, it's been a really encouraging season and... Um, you know, I think you've got to consider as well that, let's face it, with the amount of points we got and in other leagues, you look at going into their last game this weekend, like to be on 74 points would probably put us not quite in the playoffs, but it would, we'd be going into the last game with something to play for. So for us to end, what, nearly 10 points, was it, off the playoffs? It's, yeah. it's amazing. It's been a freak season that, unfortunately, we've we've not, uh, been able to take advantage of but I do think that and we've discussed this on the podcast before it's not the worst thing we finished ninth I don't think we'd be right to get promoted this year however now looking at next year I am really confident that we could we would give it a better go if we got promoted next year yeah, I agree with you totally. I don't think they were right for promotion this year I don't think off the field and I don't think the squad was was in the same same place it sh- well the place it should have been anyway I-, I think it still needs it still needs depth a lot matters on what Ian Everett does this summer I don't think they can stand still I don't think they can just bring back you know the Fosses and the Traffords and just try and recreate what they've done I still think they need to level up a little bit to use that horrible phrase which I'm going to have to stop using um, yeah I just think they've, they've got to improve you know when you tread water in football you know things pass you by and I think they need to to look at what the the few things that haven't worked this season and try instantly to get to, to get them back again. I do think it's been a, a positive positive season though, and uh, I, one thing about the cameras not necessarily being there on on Saturday, they missed out on the world's greatest slide tackle from mm-hmm. Dion Charles, and it was funny seeing how that clip echoed around social media on Sunday and Monday. It was as if people were discovering it for the first time and, and, and even the big social media websites, you know, the lad bibles and all that sort of nonsense were, were picking it up. It was like, oh my God, have you seen this? And then suddenly it would get echoed again. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we saw it first. We were there. It was a was you there moment. You know, we talk about where were you when the, the moon landed and stuff like that? Where were you when Dion Charles did a slide tackle goal from 45 yards while I was in the stadium watching I do think the distance of the goal needs to be clarified because that in about 10, 20 years will be 115 yards slide tackle, which bounced <laughs> off the moon or something. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a look at maybe getting some distance on that. Um, you mentioned the end of season awards, Henry. Um, I mean... Uh, what what can I say? What can I say about that? Uh, other than do not do Jaeger bombs with Derek Clark is what I'd say. <laughs> yeah, well, he's Scottish, so he's going to be able to drink better than you, Mark. We know this. Unbelievable. Why he had a bottle of Buckfast underneath the table, I'm not entirely <laughs> sure. But uh, no, that's a uh, note to self. Sit on a different table to Derek. 
next and and his uh, his good lady wife as well drinking me under the table however um however i tell you one one guy alex baptiste what a star what a star on the night he dragged me on one of those 360 degree cameras yeah declined to tell me what i actually had to do so whilst he's you know busting all these shapes and such like and Ted Molden was on the same thing and there was basically you got four to a carriage four, four to a carriage four four to four to the kind of the plate that you had to stand on and this 360 camera goes round you um and I think you're supposed to move I didn't know that I just stood there like an idiot uh so for the rest of the night this footage was being beamed around the the dance floor and such like of you know Alex Baptiste looking cool and and such like and then you just got this picture of me in this big white shirt. I looked like, oh, God, the whale from Moby Dick. It was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible uh, of this, just uh, this confused reporter looking down at the camera and wondering what he's supposed to be doing. Um, so I, I really do owe Alex Baptiste uh, a dig for uh, getting me up on that, on that platform, to be honest. Um, but we did see some, some cracking uh, dance moves. Again, Mr. Clark uh, is responsible for some of them. Um, it was very interesting. It was a good night. It was a good night. It was it was a night of celebration, and and mm. I think every, you know the, the vibe of the whole place was one of celebration, and uh, just not necessarily because you finished ninth, and you know I'm sure the the multitudes of Wigan supporters that tune into this podcast for statements just like that um, will will be leaping upon that statement, but it was more a case of where Bolt Wanderers have come from. They've not we've not really been able to have everybody under one roof and celebrating the fact that club is, is, is now heading in the right direction. This is the first time they've, they've managed to do it. And it was really interesting listening to Ian Everett and uh, Nick Lucock as well, talking about, you know, the, the plans for the future and, and the fact that we should be optimistic. It was, it was just good to hear. Yeah. Um, obviously I weren't there, but I, looking at the, the photos, the videos, the, uh, just a good feeling around the club, and and it's, yeah, I think it's important to say that it's not a fact that we're celebrating ninth, even though that has been a good achievement. And I know Ian Everett's not necessarily one to celebrate finishing ninth place; he's very ambitious. But I think perspective is a big thing, and it's we, well, we we came up from League Two, and we've been competitive, so that's to celebrate that. And there's a lot of positivity. There's a lot of you know, like. I, I saw you in the pub after the match on Saturday, and we. we Shh. <laughs> Mrs. Isles everyone... might be listening to this. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this. No, she doesn't um, listen to this. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it's uh, everyone just felt that it was weird because it was kind of a, a it not necessarily a promotion atmosphere, but everyone was a good feeling. No one was moaning, which for Bolton fans must be a first. But um, and as well, it's the whole we've not done this for five years and. And whatever with that, it's just yeah, it's just a, a celebration of what potentially could be to come. Is it Mrs. Isles ordered that to <laughs> <laughs> take you away? Uh, well, people always ask me what uh, what I do once the the footballers finished, um, and this is what I do. We still write stories. Let's have a look at some headlines, Emery. <laughs> Right, well, the season may be over, but now it's the season of transfers. The one that has been 
Uh, well, on Bolton, there's been two, an incoming and outgoing, but it's been on the lips of Bolton fans. Oh, well, on the edge of the fingers typing with Bolton fans. Let's talk about the incoming first. Jack Iredale from Cambridge. Um, he's, as we sit here on Thursday morning, he's announced and Cambridge have announced that he um, he will definitely be leaving the club. Does, I mean, on the, the scale of, I guess, Definitely going to happen to Rivaldo in 2005 or 2004, <laughs> whatever it was. Where would we put this one? I think it's it's the total opposite side of the scale to Rivaldo. I think it's very much going to be happening. Certainly from the Cambridge end, they expect it to happen. Uh, there is a couple of other clubs that have been mentioned within Preston North End being one of them. Uh, I think there was mention of Wigan, but do you know what? I, I don't know that for sure, so I may edit that one out. Um, but definitely Bolton Wanderers have been in for them. We put the question to Ian Ever a couple of weeks ago when it first came up, and he was very uh, reticent to say definitely, um, but he said it without words, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah. And since then, I think it's became particularly apparent, uh, certainly from the Cambridge end, and I spoke uh, to Alex Jones Earlier, uh, he's a, a Cambridge United writer. He fully expects him to turn up at Bolton Wanderers. Um, we're going to be doing a bit of a, a tale on the type of player that he is, what uh, what influence he's had on Cambridge's season, which has been very, very good, by the way, since they got promotion from League Two. And, and where he's going to fit at Bolton is the interesting thing because he is, you know, pretty much a left-back. Can play left-side centre-half, but it would be... A strange move to come in and, and expect to uh, to not start games at League One level, having had such a good season. But where does he do it? Does is he competition for Johnston? Is he competition for Declan John? Is it a bit of both? I, I mean, it, it really is a, a a fierce battle there. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. I think, I, I, but. I, you know, obviously, I've not watched Cambridge that much. When we played them at home, he wasn't really. I think it, the the rumours had just started, so I weren't really looking out for him. Going off what everyone's been saying, and Cambridge fans have been saying, he has had a a really good season with, um, you know, with Cambridge. So it'll be a an asset, and I think that's a positive sign for the club. The fact that we're taking assets of other League One clubs, but. Um, it's what well where does he fit in? Because, you know, John has had his moments where you could argue that somebody should have come in and replaced him this year. But overall I think he's had a positive season, especially towards the end. Uh, Johnston again, since January has been one of our best players. He won young player of the year. So where does he fit in? But, you know, this is all part of a modern day squad game to quote a famous farmer feature of this show. Um <laughs> Where, uh, yeah, it's not just about a first eleven anymore. It's about the whole squad. Yeah, I, I, it just occurred to me, really, that, that Bolton have not had a proper left-back for a while because I think Liam Gordon... I always felt he was more of a, a, a wing-back. I know Ian Everett used to say he, he was a better, potentially better defensively, positionally, than Declan John, who is, is very much a wing-back and attack-minded wing-back. So perhaps the fact that Jack Ardell is coming in um, or potentially, you know, almost certainly coming in, um, gives him that option of playing a back four where you have Gethin Jones as a right back and you have a, a left back and playing that four-two-three-one mm. as opposed to 
making Declan John drop back and play a game that isn't necessarily suited to. I think he has had a bit of a rough ride, but I think that's largely because he's been asked to do a job that's not necessarily suiting his game. So it's a little unfair, the criticism there. But, um, you know, I think, as you say, it is a squad game. It's going to make Bolton better. And at the very, very least, they've got an asset from a, from a club in the same division. So happy days, happy days. Let the transfer talk commence. Yeah, speaking of which, Ricardo Santos, he played us all this week um, by asking, asking for removal companies in Bolton. Uh, luckily, Kachunga uh, saved the day by pointing out that he's going to be living next door to him. Um, so, yeah, where are we with this one? Is, is, is this a formality as well? Will Santos be staying? Or uh, should we be a bit worried? Well, I mean, the, 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 the problem is that uh, Elias Kachunga has just moved to Peterborough. Um, <laughs> That's that's the big issue. That's the that's the the thing that nobody really noticed. <laughs> it's quite a commute, to be fair. No, um, yeah, you know they they are moving into the same streets quite locally. In fact, uh, Rico, we spoke to him on a Sunday night at the Player of the Year do. Talked about the potential of him staying. No question in my mind. I know we've been kind of forecasting it for quite a while that he he will sit down and he will pen that extra contract. I'm. 95% certain that will happen now, um, that he will add an extra year onto his, his deal and uh, and Bolton will be in a better position as a result. So that's good news. Uh, it, would, it would take a very big offer then to prize him away from Bolton with two years left on his contract this summer. I'm not saying it couldn't happen because it could still happen. There, there genu- genuinely has been interest from the championship and if somebody does want a ball playing centre half who can uh, head it and 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 is uh, fast as lightning, then I think yes, that <laughs> there are not many better options uh, around outside the championship. So um, I'm not saying it couldn't happen, but the fact that he wants to settle down and wants to push hard for promotion next season is is great news, certainly. Yeah, um, I would I would echo that. I, I'm obviously not as in the know as you, so I'm not as confident as you, but I do think we've discussed it before on this podcast that I think what's what's best for him, and I know I've got rose-tinted specs on, but I think what's best for him is being at Bolton. He's well-loved by the fans. Um, he's he's a, he's a top, top player. And I think looking at the way he plays, he's got a lot of strings to his bow. And I think his strength is... I've not seen a, a defender like him in terms of strength. Um you know, I think at this level, maybe going up to the championship might be a bit different, but especially at this level, strikers bounce off him. You know, and, and I've only seen one or two strikers that have actually got the better of him. So to have him in our team, to have him as our captain, I think is is only beneficial for the club. Yeah, there was one brilliant moment at the awards do where he was asked about why why do why do defenders uh, why, why why do you just keep on bouncing off defenders and he just said because they keep on trying they keep on they keep on <laughs> keep on trying to step up so I'm going to keep on batting them and swatting them away it was uh, it was a great great line really I love Rico he's great yeah um, right the next one is the retain list um, mm. any surprises on this I think maybe one or two people felt that Liam Gordon could have had another year in him but he'd be signing Iredale maybe not uh, was it what you expected. I think Gordon was the the only one on that list that I I wondered whether or not they'd given him a chance to step down to B team level and 
or maybe spend some time out on loan again to see if he can just progress to the same degree he did last time. Because I do think his game came on last season. I do think he looked a better player. And, you know, he played 20, 21 games for, for Bolton last season. So it's not to be sniffed at. Um, but perhaps, you know, after, after sitting down on Monday and speaking to Ian Everett, that maybe he does want that first team football. Maybe he does see going back to Dagenham or, uh, you know, a, a, a similar level would be better for his career. And, and I can't really dispute that because obviously playing games is always better for a, for a young player. It's a shame because I do like him. I thought his attitude was first class at Bolton. Uh, but he, he's probably the only one that really really surprised me. I mean, how about you? Yeah, I was, I like Liam Gordon and, and I sometimes felt sorry for him when he played because I feel that when there was a few times where you just felt Bolton, the, the rest of the squad weren't entirely confident giving him the ball, you know, like they'd, yeah. they'd look and he'd be open and it, they'd go the other way. So I don't know whether that's uh, a talent issue or whether that's because he's a young lad. I don't know, but, um, you know, I think overall he's he's not had much of a chance with us. I think, ironically, this year I think he's had more chance than he did in uh, in League Two. I think he was a casualty at the start of last season and needed to just have a, a time out of the the club and then come mm-hmm. back. But um, you know, I think this is the thing, and we we're progressing as a club, and we're progressing actually in that, at an alarming rate, uh, which is a good thing. But you know, after last season, they've probably learned that you can't be too sentimental. Mm. You look at the other players and think, well, yeah, Gordon has done okay for us this year. Should we give him another chance? Well, unfortunately, we're going to be signing a better player as potential cover in that position. So, no, he's not going to fit. Same with Baptiste. I don't know where, you know, Baptiste has kind of hinted he's got another year in him. Well, he's a good man for the squad. And again, we'll discuss a little later on, whether we could bring him back, but in a different capacity. Same with Tut. But you look at Tut and think, well, actually in hindsight, it's been a bit of a waste re-signing him. So I think they've got to make those difficult decisions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to, to complete the list, obviously Delfonso has been at Bradford. We expected him to go. Edwards probably expected him to go because he's been at Southport, but we do wish him well because I'm just glad he's playing football again. Uh, Reese Greenwich very much been at Barnet, expected him. Jay Fitzmartin hasn't really had much of a chance uh, since he signed pro. Again, you know, I think he's got a bit of talent in him, Jay Fitzmartin, from what I've seen, and I do think he's he's got a chance of uh, of playing regular football at a decent level. Same with Matty Alexander, England's number one. I think, you know, it's very hard for young goalkeepers to to get a chance. Luke Hutchinson has maybe just done a little bit more to to warrant that extra. Uh, you know, kind of show of faith potentially for a professional contract. So um, it, he's being retained. Um, but good luck to to Matty as well. Amici's obviously been released from his um, from his loan. I'm not sure where he stands because I, I don't think his, his loan has been a successful one at all for one reason or another. We'll we'll get onto that a bit later. Um, and then of course the the club also announced that Adam Senior and uh, Finley Lockett and Hutchinson will all be uh, given an extra year. Senior will be a B-team player, I understand. So those three there will be the first three confirmed B-team players, I suppose, for the next season. Yeah, and uh, it's difficult to really to, to pinpoint where Senior fits in at the moment. He's, he's obviously a well-liked person in the club. 
He's uh, a local lad. He supports the team. So as a fan, I really hope that he does progress and I really would love to see him in the squad and in the team because that's what you want. You want players that get what the club is about. Um, you know, I think he's 20 now, is he? So he's 21. He's getting to a point where you're possibly looking and thinking, well, am I going to get into the team? Um so maybe next year there's a difficult decision that has to be made. But for now, uh, for him to get regular football, hopefully as well, with respect to the clubs that he's been on loan at, we could maybe get him a loan at a bigger uh, a, a mm. club more up the pyramid um, and have that experience. I don't know. But yeah, I'm glad he's got an extra year. And yeah, for the other two lads, it's... Yeah, it, they'll fit well in the B team. I Hutchinson, as you said, is it was him or Alexander and they chose Hutchinson. Um, which is a shame, really, for for us romantics that would love the the, the squad that of a team that played against Coventry to progress. We, I think we've only got Ronan Darcy left now. Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Senior was on the bench, so was so was Lockett. But I think there's only a, a very small number of those players. But no, I mean, just going back to Senior. I mean, the thing is with centre halves, particularly because of the physicality involved in the position. I think you do have to give them that little bit extra to prove themselves. And I remember very similar situation with Rob Holden because a year before Rob Holden burst onto the scene and, and did everything under Neil Lennon, he was genuinely being discussed as should we release him or should we not bother? They sent him out to Bury on loan to see how he did. Didn't do a lot there. Um, he, he played under David Flickroft at Bury and, and I think he only played once. So there was a genuine discussion at Bolton. Listen, this lad's got talent, but we don't think he's he's got the physicality to maybe make it in the game. But he had a really good 12 months in the 23s in that great team under David Lee. And then suddenly, mm. different prospect. And now, look at him, he scored his first Premier League goal this week, for Christ's sake. So, um, no, I mean, you know, Rob, Rob is an exception. I will say that there's not too many players that do kind of prove you wrong in that way. But scenes, you never know. You never know. That's what the um, for. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm looking forward to seeing how it does. And there's going to be a lot of signings for it this summer, which will be exciting in a different way. I don't think we're going to sign necessarily that, as many players as what we have done in previous years for the first team. But I guess we are going to have a busy B team summer. Mm. Um, elsewhere, let's let's go back to then. Um, you know, I mentioned Baptiste before and Tut. Oh, it's been difficult for Tut this season with the injury. I don't know where he feels he, he's placed in terms of his career at the moment. Baptiste, as he hinted, maybe got another year left in him. Would you bring him back into the club in a coaching capacity? I know a few people have been talking on social media about bringing former players back. Shall we just leave it where it was or shall we embrace it and, and have uh, players that the manager will trust in his coaching team? I think looking at some of the B teams and even reserve teams at the bigger clubs, it's not uncommon to find that one of the you know less celebrated first teamers or the you know more experienced first teamers is actually used as a captain or as an on-field manager, if you will, at that level because young players need a lot of talking on the pitch. And I have to say, I expected either or both of Tut and Baptiste to be that man. Um, I still expect at least one of those to be included. Now, Baptiste has, to my knowledge, never really voiced that he wanted to go into coaching. Maybe kind of the administrative 
administri- administration rather side of, of football, um, but not necessarily as a coach. Now that might have changed, and and that might be something they look into. Andy Tut, very experienced player, certainly at this level of football. I, I think potentially there is something there for him. So, uh, yeah, I think just watch that space. I, I think the, the wording of the statement when the club took it out, I think a lot of people picked up on it that they hadn't been offered playing contracts, which means that they may have been offered some other type of contract. So, yeah, I think we, we wait and see. There's quite a lot happening at academy level. They're reshaping the structure of the academy, to my knowledge. I think there will be some staffing changes. Uh, there will certainly be some staffing appointments. Um, so I'm kind of waiting and seeing until that's rubber stamped. There's been a lot of interviews and a lot of people um, that, that could well be involved. Uh, I'm hoping we'll, we'll know a few of them. So, yeah, I'm just kind of, we've, I've been waiting for several months for this to get sorted, but it looks like it's finally getting there. And then we can actually finally see a little bit of, of structure there at that level of football because it's all been a little bit secretive, really. Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting. This is the the next stage of our development as we said we don't necessarily need to we need to improve the squad but not to the levels we've seen before so I guess it's now it gives the management and the the board the opportunity to sort of um, leave the first team to look after themselves for the summer which Ian Everett does a great job at and go right okay let's let's build for the future because we've seen so many teams where these players come through the ranks and, and then you can either they become heroes or you sell them for a, a large profit. And this has been something we discussed on the podcast at Bolton. We've not really had this for a long time. We've not had this conveyor belt coming in. We've had one every few years, if we're lucky. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's time now, I think, for, for me and Henry to grab our scorecards and uh, rate how each Bolton Wanderers player has done this season. I've done it in the paper. I know I've done it in the paper, but this is a podcast, so I'm going to do it all over again. And we get extra Henry in this one, so this is this is well worth listening to. Um, I think last season we rated them out of 10 Revels. Um, and what, what score system should we use this, this year? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Oh, I'm trying to think of... Uh... So yeah, the the rebels kind of got mentioned, didn't it, at the end of our season? Nothing's been, nothing's necessarily been mentioned. What, what, should, what should we? Is it uh, is it ten Jaeger bombs we should use? This <laughs> ten Jaeger bombs. Let's go for Jaeger bombs. Good idea. <laughs> Good idea. Um, right. Okay. So how are we going to? I'm going to I'm going to grab the program. I've got a program here for the uh, the Fleetwood game. So I'm just going to go top to bottom. Um, we'll exclude players that haven't played five games, like I did in the paper, because I don't think I mean, Matt Jilks is at the top of this list. I don't think we can really give Matt Jilks no. a, a, for his one one performance. But uh, just a note on Jilksy. Best of luck. Uh, he's obviously officially uh, stepped into coaching now as well. He did uh, he did a fantastic job last season. Um, yeah. So, right, we'll start with Gethin. Gethin Jones, what a, a season he's had. Uh, obviously, the, the big injury is fractured leg. Family bereavement is his mum passing away. Um, but either side of it, I don't think there's anybody in the Bolton squad that adds the same level of calm that he does. Uh, whether he's playing centre-half, whether he's playing right-back, he just makes people around him better players. In the same way that Baptiste did last season, I think. Um, but Gethin Jones has, has just added that for me, and I'm, you know, big fan. I'm going to give him seven Jaeger bombs out of ten. Oh, okay. I'm probably going to go eight. I think I'm going to 
there has been moments in the season where I can't remember who scored the goal. It was a, a goal that was scored against us on a Tuesday night. It might have been Lincoln where he could have put a tackle in. Um, I think there's been little moments of that in the season, but I think overall, um, you know, I think taking the personal stuff out of it, I think he's had a solid season. He's Mr. Reliable. We spoke about that before. I think uh, he, he is Mr. Underrated when you look at some of the other members of the squad and he consistently puts in a good performance. It's been proved with the stats you've thrown out on the podcast that we've missed him when he's not been playing. Um, but yeah, if you, if you do consider his uh, what's been going on in his family, you know he's a young guy, so to lose his mum must be must be awful. Um, so yeah, I'd give him a, a solid eight. I think it's uh, he, if you're looking at players this year and looking at uh, to improve next year, I would still have Geffen Jones in that sort of right centre back role. So yeah, eight. Eight for Henry. Right, Declan John, we've had a little chat about Declan and whether or not he's a wing-back or a left-back, but for me, I still think he's one of, just maybe behind uh, Bob Varson and uh, Dapo, the players I enjoy watching the most, because he's always on the move, he's always trying to make something happen. Um, I throw Marlon Fossey into that as well, to be fair, but um, I'm giving Declan a seven because I think he's been so good in the second half of the season that it's dragged him up. It, it probably would have been a, a 5.5 before January. Yeah, I'm going to go with seven as well. I think he's he's very forward-thinking. He's got a goal in him as well, which is mm. great for a full-back. Um, so, yeah, I'd say I'd say seven. I think he's um, he has done well. And again, it's, you know, we I've spoke about the, that... Um, Analyst page on on Twitter, BWFC analysts have got their, uh, or is it BWFC stats? I can't remember where, one of them, but um, they're both great pages, by the way. Don't need to, I don't want to devalue one or the other, but um, <laughs> they've done their sort of stats based player of the season, and Declan John won it. So you've got to say he's had a good season. So, yes, yeah, seven. Um, he has been reliable since January. First half of the season was hit and miss. So, yeah, well, let's average it out at a seven. It's BWFC stats, by the way, Henry. Sorry, Chris Mann, for that one. Uh, <laughs> I apologise for my uh, for my co-host. Uh, it's but... a great page. It's a great page. <laughs> uh, right, MJ. MJ Williams. It's been, for me, an interesting one for MJ because last season could not put a foot wrong when he turned up in January. But he's had a dip this season, whether or not it was uh, illness and injury. Maybe that shoulder injury was a bad one and it obviously hit him. But he's come back, and I think he's made Aaron Morley a better player when he plays alongside him. I think he's he's getting he, he's getting back to that level of total undroppability when he picked up another one just at the very end of the season. But um, for me, I'm going to give him a six point five. Um, I'm actually going to go with seven again. I think if you remember over Christmas, amongst all of our injuries, the injury that he got was actually the one we were more worried about. Um, I think that. He's he's been a victim really of being the only player really that could play in that position for yeah. most of the season. So he kind of became undroppable at one point, and I don't know whether that the uh, when you feel that you are going to play, maybe you're not as hungry. I think definitely come March, early April time when he did find himself on the bench, I think his his hunger came back, and I think he's actually had a strong last eight or nine games of the season. Um, 
so I think overall, yeah, he's he's I think he's a, he's a decent player. He's a decent player in that position. Again, looking forward to next year, he'd, he'd be my player in that position. So yeah, seven. Next on the list is Ricardo Santos. We've given him big licks already. Rico knows he's a legend uh, on this podcast. I'm giving him an eight because I think, in my eyes, there's potentially been one or two better. But I, I mean, look. Is 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 a massive, massive presence. It's one of, if not the first name on the team sheet for me. So I'm giving him an eight. Yeah, I'd agree. I think it was either him or Santos. Uh, sorry, him or Affelion really for player of the season. So uh, I think in that, yeah, we've I've I've said enough about Santos today. He uh, <laughs> and I echo that on this part. So yeah, eight. Some fine housing <laughs> on uh, Twitter as well. I should, I should really, yeah. I should really note that as well. George Johnston, George Johnston. I think he's, well, he's played more minutes than anybody else on the in the whole squad, which, considering his age, is quite some feat. He's come on, I think, as a player because early on, I think the physicality looked to be a problem for him. Obviously a good player when he's got ball at feet and he loves to come out and, and link up with the midfield and, and push on. He can score goals as well. But I think that as time's gone on, I think he's improved defensively. And I think that given an extra 12 months, 18 months, there really could be a, a, a big player in there for Bolton. I'm going to give him 6.5, but I think in the future he could be just as important as a, as a Gethin Jones or as a, a Ricardo Santos. Yeah, I, I'm going to give him 7.5 because I think, uh, yeah, bearing in mind the amount he's played this season um, and bearing in mind his age as well, he's well-deserved to win Young Player of the Year and I think there's a lot more to come from him. Um, I think since January, I think he's been very, very good on the ball. He's great and uh, he's been good defensively and he's he's pitched in with a, a goal as well in the Lincoln game, I think. So, uh, yeah, 7.5 for Johnston. A quick mention for Nathan Delfonso, obviously been released, spent January onwards at Bradford, never recovered from that Wigan penalty miss for me. You know, he, he played his part in the first half of the uh, promotion season, scored some goals, linked up OK with, with Owen Doyle, but really he dropped off a cliff and his confidence has suffered Quite badly, I think, and it, yeah, it's, it's no great surprise to see him go. Lovely lad, I think he'll continue, and he'll, he may well get a contract at League Two level because he's shown he can score goals there. But um, for me, you know, four out of ten probably not really had much of an impact this season. Played midfield uh, in in at Christmas. That's probably the best thing I can say. Yeah, but yeah, four four point five. He got a few goals in the uh, Johnson's paint, um, but yeah, I think it's been a it's been a disappointment over because Delfonso, when he signed, was one of the. We looked at him alongside Doyle and Sarsavik as you know the the kind of bigger names that we'd signed last year, and yeah, he started well. He, he but you know, it just hasn't worked out for him. Next one, a very unlucky one, Josh Sheehan. I'm going to give him a six because I think it's unfair to to mark him down any. But obviously, we didn't see enough over the course of the whole season to have a, a real proper delve into what he could do in midfield. I'm looking forward to next season because I think technically he's as good as Morley and to have both of them out there and as options as, as ball players is quite exciting. Uh, scored a few goals as well early on. That free kick against AFC Wimbledon will live long in the memory. That was a lovely moment. And 
I think he's a good player. So I'm going to give him a six and, and look forward to seeing him next season when he'll get more. Yeah, I'll give him a six too. I think he showed enough in the first half of the season that he's he's going to be a decent player for us. Um, and yeah, injury was very unlucky. So six. Six Jaeger bombs. Ah, Yon Daddy Bodvarsson. Um, well, I'm going to give him a qualified eight Jaeger bombs because, again, it's a January Jaeger bomb. Jaeger bomb asterisk. Uh, asterisk, rather. Not asterisk, that's a French cartoon. So. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to give him an eight, a qualified eight, because for me, I think he's going to be massive next season. I think uh, he's surprised me just how good he is. And that's having watched him in England for the last six or seven years. I, I, I obviously hadn't seen him too up close um, at Wolves or at Reading and at Millwall, but he's come from a place where he was completely isolated, looked completely all at sea at Millwall. They had no good words to say about him when he turned up. And now we tend to wonder what Bolton would have done without him. How about you? Yeah, I'd probably, I'd probably agree with an eight. I've got to say, out of all the January signings, when we originally signed them, if you wrote them down on paper, probably Bud Farson was the one I was most underwhelmed with. But I think since then, he, he showed enough in the first month to say, oh, he's quite a decent player. And now he's started scoring goals. I think he's been... You know, he has been one of our best players since January, and he, and you've got to say that he's he's pl- kind of played that role with Bakayoko of the the a big man up top. He's one or the other, so he's only really played half the matches in a way. You know, because he's always either coming on with twenty minutes to go or coming off after seventy minutes. So um, yeah, I think what he's contributed to the team has been fantastic, and and he's he's. Goals against Accrington, his goal against Fleetwood in the last month, and his header against Wigan, a, a, a range, a different range of goals, and that's good to see. From underwhelmed to whelmed. I don't know, can he be whelmed? Mm. Not sure. <laughs> we, we can on this podcast. I've been whelmed by Dion Charles. I've been whelmed. Um, turned up, I mean, obviously there was that air of controversy when it first turned up. We've said, we've said all we need to say about that one, really. Um, he's overcome it. He's scored goals. Great start. I love his attitude. Defenders hate playing against him. And then he went through that goal drought, which I think he recovered from quite impressively. I think he, you know, his attitude again through that when he wasn't scoring goals was was impressive. And then you know he goes and scores a a, a slide tackle from 115 yards yeah. uh, against yeah. Fleetwood. So. And a good finish as well for his first goal. So I think I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him seven, um, seven Jaeger bombs. Uh, but I think you'll probably rate him higher because uh, you've got your rose tinted glasses on. Yeah, I, he's. I've got to say he's one of my. He's probably my favourite player, Dion Charles. I think he's Lloyd uh, Isgrove will be gutted. Yes. Yeah. Sorry, Lloyd, but. Um, no, I think uh, Dion's my favourite player. I, I love a striker. I love the the type of player Dion Charles is. He doesn't give defenders a rest throughout the game. He's got a bit of uh, scrappiness about him as well. Um, yeah, I, I was so happy for him scoring the goal. The first goal on, on Saturday, I went with my dad and I said, perfect finish with me. I don't mind if we draw. I just want Dion to score and not go into pre-season on the back of whatever it was, 15 games without scoring. And he got two, so... Uh, yeah, it's. Um, I'm really, I, I'm really happy with what Dion Charles has done, and I, I, there's a lot to look forward to next year. Absolutely, yeah, really glad he did 
get those goals. I did not want to be writing that all over the summer. Uh, next one, Amado Bakayoko, 20 goals, 20 goals. Hmm. I, I, probably in the same way as you said about Bob Varson, I was a little bit like that with Bakayoko when he first turned up. Uh, very quickly got my head around the fact that he was he was going to do a lot more than just be a target man with those first few performances, first few games where he suddenly thought, hey, we've really got a player on here. But then injuries just they just didn't get any traction that mid mid portion of the season those injuries and and you kind of looked at him towards the end of 2021 and I, I thought well you've got something to prove here lad and fair play to him once he got himself fit he definitely proved it and he's, he's ended up second top scorer with 13 goals I think in the end Got his call up to Sierra Leone. He's been hugely popular, and now you kind of think, well, he's he's a, a first choice player still for me. Can he start games and be as effective as he can coming off the bench? Probably not. That's something he's got to work on. But I'm going to give him a seven, Jagerbom. Yeah, I, I'd say seven as well. I think he has been better than what I thought. He scored a lot more goals than what I thought, and and to save it. He didn't have a great injury record. He's actually played a lot of games for us this year. But I just feel that sometimes, especially when he starts, he can just be lost in games. And I think that's something maybe he would need to improve for next year, just have more of an impact when he is on the pitch. But, hey, you know, strikers are paid to score goals and he's done that. So, Right. Well, Joel Dixon is the next one on the list. Now, I'm going to give him five Jaeger bombs. I don't think he was as bad as all that. I don't even looking back now. I don't think he he ever got to the stage where I was screaming for him to get out of the team or anything. But there was a spell, of course, at Christmas where people were looking at Matt Jilks and saying, "Can we get him to step out in the same way as he did the previous season?" Just his confidence looked shot under a very difficult spell, and it wasn't just him. And he didn't make errors particularly, or not too many errors. Um. But you, you just you did need an extra goalkeeper in the end. I think I, I kind of batted for him a little bit before Christmas because I felt like if he could come out of it, but he didn't. And you know, Trafford came along and it was it was much better. They they proved to to have made completely the correct decision on that one. How about you? Yeah, it's difficult with Joel Dixon because I felt he got a lot more stick than what he probably should have got. Um, he probably a victim of the performances that we put in around Christmas time. Mm. Um, I don't think he was entirely comfortable on the ball um, and passing out from the back. You could, and I think sometimes the crowd could sense that, and that probably made him a bit more nervous. I just felt after going against Hartlepool away, and and he made the mistake, and then hearing hearing the the fans behind the goal, even in the lead up to that goal, they were giving him a bit of abuse and, and saying like, "Get rid of it" and whatever. And the frustration were there. I just think after that game, he needed time out the team just to, to settle. And unfortunately for him, Trafford's come in played very well. So it's, you struggle to see, especially if we re-sign Trafford in some way next year, it's difficult to see where he's going to get in. Yeah, that'll be interesting. It'll be interesting what they do with the goalkeeping department. Uh, next one on the list, Marlon Fossey. I'm going to give him eight and a half Jaeger bombs with the same asterisk as... Uh, as fellow January signings, I mean, I think he played 16 times in the end, scored once, and my word, what a joy it was to see him. Bundle of energy, lovely lad, 
fantastic celebrations. Fans took to him. The, the team just came alive when he was on it. Yeah, I'd give him. I'd give him an eight. I think, uh, unfortunately, his injury cut it short, and I think that um, the yeah, it's that was the disappointment. If he'd have carried on for the rest of the season the way he was, I'd have, he'd have probably been up there with nine, potentially ten. But I think uh, eight's yeah, it's a strong one. We'd love to see him back. There's question marks over his injury record, but if we can sort that out and if he can come. Uh, get 30, high 30s, early 40 games out of him next year, then I think we, he alone could contribute into us having a very good season. Zavamichi, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be too harsh on the lad because I think had he not got that injury against Preston North End in pre-season, we might be having a very different conversation because he could have slotted in quite nicely early on into that formation. But once... He got himself fit. The formation had moved on. The team had evolved, and and he, there was not any logical reason for having him in that squad, or potentially really extending that loan in January. So, I'm going to give him I'm going to give him a five because I think it's unfair to to saddle it all on his shoulders. It was it was circumstances as much as it was his own performances. How about you? Yeah, I've got to give him a. Unfortunately, I've got to give him a three because there was so much expected of him. I think. Maybe we'd be having a different conversation if he hadn't got injured in pre-season. But I think overall, has he has he played enough games? Uh, in the games he has played, has he put in a man in a match performance? No. Has he got his goal against Cheltenham? But other than that, has he shown much? I think around that Cheltenham game at home, there was there were signs that he was getting used to things. But as I said on the podcast, you know, around the time. At home, he he seemed a good player because he has the space. It's a good, decent pitch. In, unfortunately, in League One, you've got to go to the likes of Accrington and Fleetwood and Burton and these small grounds where it's tight, compact, and the, the pitch isn't great. And I don't think he deals with that very well. So, um, I think he, he, you know, he'll go back to Hamburg, see what happens with his career. I don't doubt that he might have a really good career, but at this level, and for us, it's it's not worked out. You're a harsh man, Henry Hewitt. But uh, yeah, well, you know, three. Out of three. I, I think we'll be getting different types of emails about Henry Hewitt next week. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, Will Ainson. Zav dot Amici Let's go. Let's go. Will Ainson. I'm, I'm going to give Will Ainson a six Jaeger bomb, uh, Mark, because I don't think he's ever let anybody down. We we've talked about his distribution and whether or not it's uh, compatible with the kind of style that Bolton play. It has been a bit hit and miss, but I think in terms of being a pure defender and getting his head on things, making tackles, winning duels or whatever metrics that you you measure pure defenders on, I think he's done very well. And he's also, don't forget, he's been asked to sort of come out of the team, come in the team. He's been asked to play on either side. He's he's never had a settled, settled position until the, the very few last weeks of the season where I think he's played his best football. So I'm going to give him a six. What about you? I'm actually going to give him a 6.5. I think he's he's played um, the majority of the... If we look at the last nine games unbeaten, he's played the majority of that. Um, and we've not lost. So he's, he's unbeaten. You know, his record in terms of a losing percentage might be quite high. Uh, in, well, quite low in terms of losing percentage. Um, but And I think, yeah, he's, he's definitely someone who... Um, Fans get a bit nervous when he's got the ball. You know, I think uh, there are times where 
you you know he's the one Santos, uh, Johnston, um, Jones. You're quite confident with them on the ball that they're going to pass it forward. Will Ameson sometimes kind of stands and goes right. What what am I going to do? But I don't know. I think um, I think he's done okay. I don't think he's a bad defender, especially at this level. So um, he, next year he's probably going to be a a uh, uh, sort of a, a squad player. But I don't think he's a bad squad player to have. So six point five matches with Will Ameson, uh One twelve. This is Will Williamson starting. One twelve drawn five, lost seven. Matches without oh. Will Williamson, it's uh, one thirteen drawn nine, lost nine. So actually, the win percentage is fifty percent oh. with Will Williamson as opposed to forty two percent without him. Will Williamson gets a six point five from Henry. Um, oh. Aaron Morley. Now, I love watching Aaron Morley. I think he's really easy on the eye. He's got that great range of passing. Still needs to work on his defensive side. But I'm going to give him a 7.5 and also tip him to be player of the year next season. Oh, that's a a big shout. I'm going to give him an 8, I think. Um, Weirdly enough, considering that he'd come from the lowest rungs of the pyramid in Mm. terms of all the signings, he's... I actually quite expected a lot from him to be honest um even though i haven't seen much of him but um yeah he's been a great player i think he's forward thinking uh he has a shot on him as well as we saw against gillingham he's crossing i've been before christmas our crossing was awful and he's yeah. come in and we've suddenly started scoring more from free kicks and corners uh yeah he's a top top player he's a young lad as well i think if he if he'd have played the full season as good as I think Johnson's been, Morley would have got young player of the season. He could have potentially got player of the season. So I think, yeah, full season, I'd uh, I'd say he's within a shout of that. Um, I'm going to give I'm going to give him an eight point five actually, Morley, because I've been very Oof. impressed. Eight point five, right? Well, I mean, you've ruined my scoring system. So the next guy, Dapwafa Lion, I'm giving him a nine because I, I I have to have him above everybody else for two reasons. One. He's scored goals, uh, you know, he's added He's added all that to his game. He's had 20 goal involvements. He is always the player, no matter what opposition, he's always the player that draws the most defenders. He's the one they're scared of. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's got that kind of ability to just magnetise uh, defenders and to, to create space for other people, no matter where he's played on the pitch. And I know his, his effectiveness has potentially been lessened slightly by bringing him into the middle. He's having to learn that position. But he still has that way about him. He still has that aura about him. And, you know, he's been marvellous. The second reason that Dapoafalayan is my player of the year and he deserves the 9 out of 10 is his attitude, which I love the fact that Bolton have got a player who rubs opposition fans, opposition coaches, opposition players up the wrong way in such a way. I absolutely adore it. I mean, he's, he's, he's a good lad, Depo. Um, but even when he's talking to the local press, he, he will he will find kind of little needly, needly bits. He won't always agree with stuff. He's, he's got that kind of way, way about him, just generally speaking. And uh, I love that. It's great. It's great. It's uh, it just it means it, you've got that unpredictable quality. We've compared him before to uh, to Jufi, for example. And I wouldn't say he's got the mannerisms of Jufi. He's a much more respectful guy than Jufi ever was. <laughs> but Jufi had that way of just making teams 
make it about him leaving everybody else on the pitch free to go and enjoy themselves and do what they need to do. So uh, he's my player of the year. Yeah, I'd, I'd echo everything you said. I'd give him a nine and also I liked his suit at the end of the year award. So that is uh, all in all nine from me. Very, very smart. Very, very smart. And uh, he was amazed to see some of the names on that, uh, that trophy as well. He's, uh, he's joined some very big names there, including Tim Ream and Simon Charlton. <laughs> so, uh, what are we on now? I think Andy Tutt, we, we skipped past Andy Tutt, he's only played once. James Trafford, James Trafford. Now, talk about uh, whelmed, underwhelmed or overwhelmed. I think when James Trafford turned up, everybody expected him to be Billy Krellin the second, and mm. he, he ended up being as good a, a January signing as you could have wished to have made. I mean, he's, he's up there with as, as a solid Bolton keeper as we've had for some years, really, in, in his spell. I'm, I'm going yeah, to give him a, a 7.5, by the way. Yeah, I'd, I'd, do this, I'd give the same. I've actually got to go back on something I said before when I said Bob Varson was the one I was most underwhelmed with. I think actually Trafford was there as well, based on <laughs> what you said. Um, but yeah, he's, he's, he's done very well and... It's a weird one with Trafford because I think he's all in all he's he's had a good season. He's only he's I can think of making two mistakes. That was the MK Don second goal and the Cheltenham uh, goal as well. But um, I think I don't know. I think all in all, I think he, there's that caveat with him where has he been truly tested? Um, and I don't know whether that is a compliment to him or whether it's a compliment to our defence. There will be times if he resigns next year for the whole season then there will be times where he will, will really be tested and that's when he's um he's we're gonna have to see what you know what what he's like. Mm. I think um you know you think about there were moments in, in games where he's made very good saves. Fleetwood I can think of two very good saves that he made. But yeah, I've I've I'd probably give him a seven point five because the biggest credit I can give him is that he came in and stabilised the position that for a long time, as as well for this season anyway, it's been Dixon's never quite had it. It's never quite been there. So after he came in, no one was talking about the goalkeeping position anymore. No, no, and I think it's been a while since that happened. Maybe, maybe Ben Anik, maybe because even Remy Matthews mm. never quite nailed it down and got the full support of the fans as Trafford has. Uh, very interesting. We may have that conversation again later in the summer. Uh, next on the list, Kieran Lee. I mean. What would you do to have a time machine? Go back in time four or five years and give Kieran Lee, you know, a, a, a younger version of Kieran Lee running this midfield. I love watching him when he's on full full form. He's, he's great. He's, he's the classiest player Bolt Wanderers have got. It's just about trying to keep him fit. And I, I will be diminishing returns next season, I'm sure. They have got options. The, the Morleys, the Sheehans that are going to be able to sit in and do that role um, you know, I wouldn't say as well because they're still youngish players. Um, but uh, I mean, Kieran Lee for me, I'm going to give him a seven because we've not really seen a lot of him since he did his heel. But uh, I just hope he gets himself fit. Yeah, seven, seven for me. He's added goals to his his tally this year, which has mm. been good to see. He's yeah, he's a. Uh, I would say Charles is my favourite player. I've got to say Kieran Lee's up there as my second favourite because I love watching him play, and I agree with you. It's it's a shame that we can't get a full season out of him because of injuries. But, I mean, let's be brutally honest. If you could, would he be playing for us at this level? Probably no. not. He'd be no. in the higher level. So, I guess 
do you have a Kieran Lee in your side that's going to give you 25, maybe 30 games a season? Or do you hope he plays 46, but then he'll be gone? So, I'm, I'm, yeah, he's a top, top player. I'm looking forward to him being back next year and, um, and uh, continuing what he's doing for us. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think Sheffield Wednesday would have sold him if he'd have been anywhere near fit anyway. Um, Kieran Sadley is next up. Again, another one very easy on the eye. You know, the way that he plays, he's, he's technically very, very proficient, got a great touch, wonderful shot. And, I mean, he's, he's done a, a terrific job for the team, really. I think he's had to swallow his pride a little bit to go out and play wing back and to not be the kind of the front and centre man that he probably wanted to be when he came to Bolton and playing a, a 10 or, or, or either side of the attack. Um, but to me, I think he's been he's been a very, very good addition. He also lets Ian Everett change things on the pitch without having to make substitutions. He can say, you know, Kieran, go and play there um, and, and, and just swap things around very, very easily. I'm going to give him a 7.5. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give him a... I'm going to give him a seven. I think, uh, yeah, I can't argue with what you said. He's he's shown that he's a versatile player, which we're going to need. Um, as we've discussed with a few players before, maybe that could become a, a hindrance to him next year if we've got players in positions and he's just coming off the bench filling gaps when we need. But I think he's into the season playing in that sort of, well, replacing Fossey playing in that role. It's been very good. He's scored a few goals. He's he's had a few assists. Again, he's he's someone who can put a ball into the box, which... We've not had, um, really, we've struggled with that over the last 18 months. So, yeah, he's, he's done well since coming in. Next on the list is Lloyd Isgrove, uh, the man whose who's sock hangs proudly on your bedroom mm. wall. Um, yeah, I, I mean, another one that's been really, really, really unlucky with injury and played that right back role before Christmas was arguably Bolton's most consistent player when he was playing regularly and uh, uh, very very unlucky I've got to give him a six because he didn't obviously have a, a a time in the team when Bolton were playing well would have been a completely different story next season and in fact actually you kind of look at it now and say well he's had that ham he's got that hamstring injury he's going to be working very very hard to try and get back in for pre-season might not quite get there if, if you're looking at the time frame so, it's going to be hard for him. I, I, I'd worry a little bit for Lloyd Isgrove. Yeah, I I think if he'd have had a full season, he'd be up there with like Geffen Jones at an yeah. eight. I thought he was actually playing quite well before his injury. He fitted in at that, again, that was sort of right full-back uh, position when, when we needed him. And I thought, yeah, he was doing well. But, you know, Lloyd Isgrove is someone who's played the majority of his time in, in League 2 or League 1, I think. So now, as the teams progress through January, you are looking at Lloyd Isgrove as someone who's like, well, is he someone who's going to come into the first eleven? I don't think he is. He's going to be a squad player, and then maybe that you know, that's where are we going to be seeing Lloyd Isgrove with us in twelve months? Possibly not. But um, I really hope he comes back. I really hope he plays well and and can get back in the team because I think he's a likable guy. You know, anyway. But, um, yeah, it's, I, I think this injury, this season, could really have done him a lot of a lot of damage within his standing in the team. Yeah. Best of uh, luck to Wizzy, anyway, for, for his recovery. I hope I hope he, uh, he manages to get back. Uh, Elias Kachunga, next on the list. I, again, I, mean, I don't want to stir things up, but 
he's not had a fantastic season of all the of all the new signings. He obviously started uh, last summer. He's he's been hot and cold. It's fair to say. I'm going to give him a six. But for me, it's not absolutely obvious where he fits in the grand scheme of things. I know he's got an ex- he's experienced and and he can play in a few different positions. But for me, sadly, he does the same sort of job. Um, yeah, it's it's an interesting one with with catcher. I just I just wonder, you know, he's, he's got to step up for me if he's going to be a regular. Yeah, I think um, I think it's probably. A six for me for Kachunga. I think he's shown glimpses again before Christmas. He was one of the players that were showing glimpses. His injury knocked him back a bit. I think. I think since he's come back, he won the penalty in Sheffield Wednesday. Uh, sorry, uh, Portsmouth. Yeah. But um, I don't think he's shown enough. I don't think. It, I don't think when he's played, he's shown enough. And you do look at Kachunga. Seems a, a good guy to have around the dressing room. He's. Um, you know, I, I do like him as a as a footballer, but when you look at the squad we've got, is Kachunga going to get into the starting eleven um, when you've got the likes of Charles scoring goals, uh, Afalayan scoring goals, Bavars and Bakioko? He's he's going to be fifth or sixth choice for that them sort of positions. So uh, yeah, as a squad player, definitely keep him and and have him have him do that. Is he going to play in the first? 11, I don't know. So I'd, I'd probably give Kachunga a six, yeah. George Thomason's next up. And I mean, he's played a fair amount of games. I think 17, 18 games he's played this season, which is probably more than I expected him to do at League One level this, this year. I know he had a great breakthrough season in League Two. I probably expected some sort of loan spell to see his progression continue. But... Um, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a six because he's he's never. He, he, I don't think he's ever been uh, poor. Whenever I've seen him, but again, a bit like Kachunga, a bit like Kisgrove, you kind of see which way this team's heading and and the evolution that it's getting. And you wonder, can he catch up? Can he get to the level that's going to make you say this is where George Thompson's going to play in this midfield? And at the moment, he's kind of like. I'm happy to see him go in and out of the team or, or to be used here and there, but I can't tell you exactly why I'd need George Thomason to be playing in that midfield. How about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd give him a six as well. I think I, I, I thought he played really well on uh, he did actually Saturday. Yeah, yeah. I think his, his range of passing is very good. He's he's he actually when you think about some of our midfielders, where sometimes their first thought is is sort of if they get the ball, saying the centre circle it's sometimes it's pass it back to the defenders so they're facing the you know the opposition mm-hmm. goal whereas George Thomason turns around he opens the, the pitch up he wants to spray passes about which I really like but yeah I agree with you I think it's next season an important season for him because he's going to have to break into the team I think he's a young lad so there's the odd mistake in him the odd misplaced pass or being caught in possession but overall I think if he can get a run of games, I think he could be an asset. But like you said, it's how long do you keep him there for? Because he's a young lad now, so you can keep him in the squad and that's fine. But in the next few years, if we're going up to the Championship and he's going to suddenly become 23, 24 or whatever, is he going to stick around? Is he going to, you know, probably not. So, um, yeah, next year's a big year for him. So we're, we're skipping through 
um, the likes of Liam Edwards. Uh, so we'll get to Alex Baptiste. Baptiste, a quick one on him. We've we've mentioned him already. The the kind of the backroom job that he's done for the squad. He's not really played a massive number of games this season. Filled in a bit towards the beginning. Hasn't needed to have that kind of steadying influence on Ricardo Santos because I thought he brought him on quite a lot last season. So he's been released now. May well come back in some form or another. But for me, I'm going to give him. I'm going to give him a six because he, he. I don't ever remember him doing anything especially wrong. How about you? Yeah, I'm the yeah, I'm the same. Um, nothing particularly wrong, but it's uh, again, it's just been a. We've got players that have been more consistent and looking more to the future with with uh, than him. And so yeah, I'm going to say Liam Gordon in the same sort of category. He's been released. We've we've spoken a bit about his uh, his season already. I'm going to give him a six. Yeah, I'd agree. So the last one of the players who have played the requisite number of games. I'm going to I'm going to list off everybody else first. So you've got Ronan Darcy that's obviously been on, out on loan. At, uh, in various countries. Um, Adam Senior, we've had a bit about him. Hutchinson, Greenwich, Matt Tweedley, Matty Alexander, Finley Lockett, Jay Fitzmartin, Max Conway, Mitchell Henry and Aaron Pettifer. Last one who has played the number of games is Kyle Dempsey. I haven't seen anything like what he's capable of and what we've maybe seen in an opposition shirt of Kyle Dempsey yet because he's had a couple of niggling injuries really needs a pre-season because we are talking about a midfield pact now with options saying about people like Thomas and there and Sheehan coming back and you've got Kieran Lee coming back Dempsey doesn't want to be left behind in that so pre-season for me is is as important if not more important for Carl Dempsey than anybody else but I'm, I'm going to give him a six for what he's done so far yeah, I'd agree. Do do we know why he didn't play on? I thought he was going to play on Saturday. Do, do we know I, I why he didn't? They they've just decided not to risk him. I think maybe he was still feeling it was a hamstring, wasn't it? That he was uh, he was mm. feeling they didn't want to ruin his chances of getting completely fit. He's had that season. I think even when he signed from Gillingham, the, the lads down there were telling me that he hadn't really played a lot of football. He'd been playing with injuries and such, like in a diff, you know obviously a difficult situation down there. So. Yeah, I, I think he really does need to reset himself this summer, and then come back as the player we, you know, we thought we were signing. Um, and, and I like him. I like his attitude. I think he's going to be a good player. Just he's in that in that space now where this this is a really important period for him. Yeah, um, yeah, I I do the same six. I think there's a lot of potential there. I actually think the games he's played. Um, towards the end of the season there's been a lot of people who especially on social media that have been saying he looks a really top player and I would agree uh, he's got a range to him where he's he's passing his good he, he runs around the pitch he's he's always available for the pass he's, he shoots from distance and I think next year with a run of games he can really be an asset and get us some I think we're going to see a potentially a goal of a season montage that's potentially just him by of what I've seen of his goals at other other clubs, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about Kyle Dempsey. And I'm excited about the team next year. I think the names you've mentioned there is is we've got a very exciting team. Um, other massive clubs in this league, it's going to be tough, but I, I'm excited for it. Talk about montages. I think we've really wow. That was that's such a big squad. We've we've taken a fair old chunk of time discussing that one. Um, I am going to put together. 
a little montage of some of the stuff, some of the people we spoke to at the awards night uh, for your delight and delectation. It isn't ready yet, so Henry hasn't listened to it. So it's going to be one of those blind little taste tests that we're just going to have to come back on and pretend we enjoyed, Henry. Yeah, well, um, I weren't there, so I can't wait to hear it. Well, I'm here with a man that you might not necessarily recognise, but almost certainly when he opens his mouth, you'll know exactly who it is. It's the voice of I Follow, Derek Clark. Derek, are you enjoying your night, mate? Loving the night, Mark. I've got to admit, um, I've been looking forward to it for some time. Um, first time I've ever been to a Player of the Year Awards, and it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, the proper, it's, it's, it's a proper event, this, and I'm loving it so far. Um, great food. Uh, I've seen the players passing by, they've got a, a, a superb uh, photo 360 uh, little stage that I've seen you uh, step on a few moments ago. Um, yeah, it's, it's a brilliant occasion and it's a, a good way to end the, end the season. Nobody told me there was a weight limit. That was the problem. That was the problem. Now listen, you've, you've watched every single game from the press box. You've seen the highs, you've seen the lows, but a, a ninth place finish, would you regard that as a positive thing for Bolton Wanderers? I think so, yeah. I mean, they've achieved so many points in the last uh, eight games, eight or so games in the season. You just want the, the season just to carry on for the next five or six games, don't you? And then who knows what's going to happen. But it's just a shame that it's, it's, it's ending at this moment in time. Going to put you on the spot then, because we don't know who the player of the year is yet. But you're going to tell me who your your vote would be cast for, and then you're going to get all the hate mail from the ones that you didn't uh, didn't mention. Tell you what, I was thinking about this earlier on, and for me, for weeks, it's been uh, Ricardo Santos. I think he, he edges it for me. Just, I'm just every game, I struggle to think of an opposition player that gets the better of him. Weirdly enough, I think the player that sort of gave him a, a right good game was Ross Stewart in that six-nil win when Bolton uh, thrashed Sunderland that, uh, on that day in this very place. But uh, apart from that, he's been head and shoulders above anyone, and, and for me, he just. Uh, uh, edges it for me, but I tell you what, uh, dark horse is Gethin Jones, I think he's missed a consistent, not talked about much, but when he came back into the side, of course, he, he missed a, a little chunk uh, a few weeks ago, uh, sadly, because he, his mum passed away, but when he's came back in, he's just been uh, ever-present, uh, he's obviously taken an armband as well, but Ricardo uh, being injured, and I think he's been, he's been top draw for Bolton Wanderers, he's been sort of an unsung hero, so for me it's between the both of them, but a shout as well for Dapo Affaline, I think top goal scorer has to be in with a shout, but for me, uh, Rico gets a nod. Uh, Ricardo Santos, you normally refer to him as a different, what is it? The Portuguese, of course. We're here with Emily Parker, who is the ambassador for Bolton Wanderers, her game too. She's also involved in the Bolton Wanderers Supporters Trust. She's also brilliant on Twitter, I would add. Um, Emily, what's this season been like for you? It's been, it's been mad really, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a bit of a crazy one. Um, from thinking at Christmas that we might actually be going back to League Two and then obviously we went on a, an amazing run of form. I saw my first away win in three, four years, considering I go to, to quite a lot of away games. So Shrewsbury was pretty special. Um, we've had some amazing away games. Um, and yeah, can't wait for next season. We look like we might be going to League One at uh, Championship, but obviously didn't quite happen, but I think another season in League One is what we probably need to build. Give me a highlight. What was your best away trip? Oxford, 100%. 
100%. I think a lot of people say Shrewsbury. Don't think those people were at Oxford, personally. Um, but yeah, Oxford last minute, thinking that we could be a playoff side, thinking we might get there. Definitely, definitely the best. Well, I was Oxford. Bad cup of tea. I didn't enjoy it quite as much, but never mind. Um, right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you on the spot, and I'm gonna ask you who was your player of the year. Now we don't know that out yet. It's not been decided out there yet. You tell me who was yours. I think it's gotta be 20 goals, Bakayoko for me. Not the first one. Why, why Baka? Just, I think at the start of the season he didn't really get what he needed to to show his quality, and then. Obviously some of his goals have, have been quite easy goals, but he's been in the right places, he's got some good goals, fantastic. Right, I'm joined, with Maggie, joined by Maggie Tetlow, who is the star of the Wanderers podcast, as well as being a board member for the Bolt Wanderers Supporters Trust, of course. How have you found this season? It seems to have been up, down, up, down like a roller coaster. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, I've found, well, it's been like last season, the season of two halves, really, hasn't it? And I think since the January window, the level of optimism and just the, I think the, the, the people that we brought in have really really I mean they've gelled up straight away um, they, you know they fitted into the style of play there's some you know there's some real stars that we signed it's just uh, it, it's so so promising for next season and obviously because we've had a great run as well it's just fantastic even you know I know Ian's disappointed because um, he sets himself high standards. But, you know, if, if we'd have been offered ninth at the beginning of the season, we would have snatched anybody's hand off the way. So I just, I am I'm more than delighted with the way the season's panned out. And do you know what? Better that we finish ninth instead of seventh. Because if we'd have finished seventh, we would have gone, we would have got in the playoffs. So it's probably a better, better that we've got that little bit of a buffer. No, I totally agree. I does that mean you've got two player of the years then? Because you could do one post-January and one over the whole course of the season. Is there? I'll, I'll give you two votes. I haven't given anybody else two votes, but you've got two if you want them. Okay. Um, well, I think for all-round sort of consistency and, and being there sort of, you know, for the for all, all season, it's probably got to be Santos. Well, I'm here with BBC Radio Manchester's Jack Dearden, basically the voice of Bolt Wanderers, let's be absolutely honest, Jack. Right, first of all, 25 years I think you've been doing this job. Are you not getting sick of it, mate? Uh, absolutely not, no. Somebody's going to have to retire me. I've got absolutely no intention of retiring, Mark, whatsoever. It's just been great, as I've said very, very recently. Lots of ups, lots of downs, bit of good, bit of bad, bit of the ugly, but it's been a pleasure and an absolute privilege. It really, really has. And you know what it's like yourself. You just get hooked, don't you? It's, it's, uh, you know, it's absolutely fantastic to be a part of everything, even, even the bad, really, which is this season has been entirely different, hasn't it? Because there hasn't been any bad. To be perfectly truthful with you, for a couple of seasons now. So, yeah, long may that continue. By the way, well, travelling up and down the country, Jacko, you've seen plenty of the ugly. I can tell you that. Um, but this season, as you say, it's, it's been good. I mean, it, it does feel like a more positive place, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um, um, the club have said it, Ian Evans said it, everybody said it, the fans have saying it. They've reconnected with the town, not just the football club. I mean, it's, all football clubs are an important part of the community, especially in this neck of the woods. I think a lot of people realise that, but they've managed to do that. And uh, the most 
satisfying thing, I suppose, maybe the most surprising thing is how quickly we've been able to do that and reconnect with the town and, and hopefully get the club you know, back where it belongs and back on a level footing. And look, it's a massive, massive challenge and they face a lot of challenges. But when you consider, well, let's not consider what could have happened because we won't even be talking and discussing it now. So they've done very, very well. In a short space of time, what they've achieved is just... They deserve a massive tick in the box for that, no question. Everybody. This season, I reckon there's been, I reckon there's been at least four, if not six, players that would be player of the year material. You've watched every single game from the press box with me. Who's your standout? Who would be your number one? I would go Gethin Jones, personally, because they always seem to win when he plays. They always play better, in my opinion, when Gethin plays. I know he's had a bit of unavailability, uh, for all sorts of reasons, but I, I, I would select him because I, I just think he's been great, and I, and I think he's a leader as well. I, I think everybody seems more comfortable playing in a team when he's in it. I think he sets a great example, as one or two others have as well. But for me, I know I know the obvious candidates; they're all out there, and everybody's entitled to them. To them and, you know, and it's great that we're talking about the possibility of just one, more than one player of the season, isn't it? But I'd go getting Jones, man. And there we go. That was the the montage. What a brilliant montage it was, by the way. Oh, what a night! It seems like it was a, a brilliant night, enjoyed by all, and uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, right, let's end on a song. And as normal, Simon Woods has delivered the goods. He's uh, penned a tune, uh, the end of season song. He's called it, which is quite apt, being as it is the end of the season. Um, we will be back next Friday. This is not going to change. We're not one of those podcasts that hangs up their boots and their, their, their podcast microphones and says, see you later. We're going to go and live in Portugal and wear shorts. No, that's not going to happen. We, we are going to carry on talking about every single little morsel that gets into my newspaper, which I still have to fill just as many pages, by the way. Um, so, uh, yes, until... Uh, until next Friday, available wherever you get your podcasts, I have been Mark Seven Jaegers Isles. And I have been Henry uh, Cubberty and a Quiet Night Hewitt. <laughs> this has been The Buff. This is the end of season song by Simon Woods. Hey, so that's the end of the season. Finishing ninth is a good reason. With what we're achieving Ian and Sharon We keep believing Once in Wonderland 6-0 versus Sunderland Oxford away 3-2 another great game Chance at the Valley 4-1 the gold tally Away to the Tractor Boys 5-2 making all the noise So that's the end Of the season Finishing ninth is a good reason to be happy with what we're achieving. Ian and Sharon, we keep believing. Long range goals and tappings are just fine, but especially slide tackles from the halfway line. We don't do first minute goals, late is our choice. Limbs, 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 the fans with one voice. Yeah.
Right, I'm going to stop there because the ice cream van is just turning around the corner and three, two, one.